when you get into a dense urban area like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, it's um, it's much different. And these companies are having to evolve and and really kind of change how they're how they're changing up uh, delivery of their products. From Inform, this is Buzz IT Talk, a show about tech buzzwords, trends, and the stories behind the hype, helping you go beyond the buzz. Joe, do you mind uh, introducing yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is uh, Joe Oliero, uh, and I am the uh, managing director for uh, Newmark Knight Frank, uh, based here in, well, our, our office is here in Kansas City, and I'm part of the Global Corporate Services team. And I've been working with uh, logistics and e-commerce firms for a little over 10 years now. Uh, advising mostly on uh, real estate strategy and um, connecting e-commerce firms with logistics providers. That comes up quite a bit. So we're, um, yeah, I, I, I love this industry. I'm a nerd about it. And uh, I, I, uh, I love having deep, deep dive conversations into topics like hyperlocal supply chain. So I'm excited. Yeah. So, I mean, you've touched on uh, today's Buzz IT Talk brief buzzword, uh, which has popped into the logistics industry over the last few months, hyper-local logistics. Can you give our listeners an overview of what it is and, and why we're hearing about it now? Yes, yeah, so I'd say, you know, by definition, um, hyper-local logistics is really matching demand for quick fulfillment with the nearest available supply. Um, you know, I, it, it's something like, I want it now, I want it sourced locally, and I, I want to be brand loyal to those local groups that are around town, um, at least from a, uh, you know, a customer or a consumer perspective. That's, that's kind of how they look at it. And then on the other side, you've got, you know, kind of the gig economy, people that are, you know, doing the Grubhub, the DoorDash, and some of these other companies that, that, uh, that allow you to kind of be your own boss and go out and work when, when you want to work and, and make money, you know, providing some of those services. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, in general, hyper-local logistics is it's not really a new thing. I mean, we, we experience, uh, we experience it every day. I, I know it's a buzzword now, but you know, I mean, people have been delivering pizzas for, for years. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, it, you know, it's become a, a buzzword because, I think what we what used to be thought of as an unscalable quote unquote mom and pop vertical uh, is now being leveraged to help companies establish you know a small footprint uh, or just a footprint in a in a local or niche market um, and that could be anything from delivery or pet services uh, luxury services even. Um, and I think these same companies now have the opportunity to scale up uh, by expanding the same footprint into other markets within the same population, or even, you know, moving out into a different, uh, different but similar uh, market. You, you touched on mom and pop stores there, um, like hyperlocal logistics. At least in the reading I've done, uh, seems to go hand in hand with a broader trend around hyperlocal commerce, which perhaps is you know, a buzzword in and of itself is, isn't it not just sort of mom and pop stores or the maker movement rebranded or, you know, let's say 21st centralized. Well, I, 
I think I think your question leads into uh, an even an even and I'm going to I'm going to go beyond your question and say, yes, I think the makers movement is involved. I think we're talking about the gig economy, but I think it's it's more or less a a shift in retail in general. And I think that that goes to I mean, call it the gig economy meets the makers movement meets the mom and pop and meets big business. But it's I, I guess the way I boil it down is the shift in retail is really uh, I call it the barbell effect. And on one side of the barbell, you have the commoditized retail uh, experience, commoditized products that you get on Amazon, eBay, these things that are, are provided at a discount at mass scale. Sure. Now on the other side, on the other side of the spectrum or the other side of the other side of the barbell, you have um, more of a luxury boutique retail experience and that's that's really where the retail locations that you walk into or that you really become loyal to are uh you know they're providing a an experience or some kind of major uh value add to to that retail experience to to get you to come back sure. uh, and so that's why you that's why you see a lot of you know boutique firms i mean and, you know, going outside of the hyper-local, you, you look at a company called like Stitch Fix, where they, they customize clothes, they send you a box, and it comes back. Uh, whatever you don't want, you send back. And, you know, they charge a premium for that. But there's, there's people out there, there's these niche markets that will, that will pay for that kind of service. And I think you're seeing the same thing in hyper-local supply chains and, 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 and really these hyper-local retailers understand who wants to buy their products uh they understand how to provide that that uh that same level of boutique luxury or customized service or experience that people will keep coming back for even on a you know on a very small scale yeah it's really interesting um working in logistics on a sort of regular basis myself um gives me sort of perhaps a bit of an added insight. The thing, the word that I haven't heard from you um, in the interview so far is, is our more traditional 3PLs or parcel delivery uh, people. We're talking about the gig economy and the people that are sort of springing up. Do you think that the infrastructure solutions that exist within our more traditional logistics ne networks will need to evolve to cater for hyper-local logistics? You know, I, I do. And I, and, you know, I'm I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, where you know you can get across town in 15 minutes, no problem at all. And so having a local delivery service here in town, um, you know you don't you don't last mile isn't as difficult in a market like this. But when you get into a dense urban area like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, it's um, it's much different. And these companies are having to evolve. And, and really kind of change how they're, how they're changing up uh, delivery of their products. So I, I think that that's coming. And I think what you're going to see is, is, well, one thing that I've, that I've heard is you're going to start seeing um, as autonomous vehicles come on, you're going to see parking garages and underground storage be, uh, be turned into fulfillment space. Mm. Um mostly because you're taking advantage of, of space that's kind of becoming functionally obsolete. Well, I know, I know CVS has looked at doing some, uh, especially in Chicago, they've looked at 
repurposing some um, parking space or, uh, you know, underground storage space as, you know, uh, basically underneath a skyscraper. They'll take what parking isn't being used and, and repurpose that into fulfillment space. And I think that it sounds easy on paper, but you know, like like we're saying here, I think I think it's uh, it's a constant flux, and and you know, everything in this entire e-commerce vertical is is changing so rapidly. Uh, you know, I think people have ideas about how things are going to happen, and then. You know what actually happens is usually uh, a little bit different than than what it, what we actually expect to happen. So it's it's uh, it's constantly changing. But yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of a lot of adjustments that uh, retailers, especially in dense urban areas, are going to have to make in order to justify uh, and and keep their costs down. Sure. I mean that brings us pretty logically to the end of this uh, Buzz IT talk brief. Hyper local logistics buzzword or worth investing in. You know, I, I think I think it's worth investing in, but I think you have to be careful. I think a lot of the more boutique and premium services that you see out of hyperlocal will go by the wayside uh, if and when we go into a recession or something like that. I think people will always fall back on commoditized products and, um, you know, when there's hard times. So I, I think be, be wary of that. Um, but that that would be my my comment there, Joe. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the uh, podcast, and uh, thank you for lending your market insights into uh, one of our emerging uh, buzzwords. We'll certainly keep an eye on it, uh, and if and when the time comes to have a full blown episode, we'll uh, we'll certainly have you back. Great. Well, thanks for having me on. As always, you can find links to many of the resources we used in preparing for this episode on the Buzz IT Talk website, as well as contact details for our guests. Buzz IT Talk was brought to you by Inform. It's produced by Kai Kepner, Louisa Valendi, and myself, Matthew Wittemeyer. Our post-production is done by the talented Jenny Neustris, with special help from Sabina Volter and Thomas Bergmans. Learn more about Buzz IT Talk at buzzittalk.com, or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can subscribe for regular podcast updates at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matthew Wittemeyer. Thanks for listening.